Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 331. Yay. Yeah, yeah, it's 331. <laughs> Not a nice round number or anything, but... Uh, yeah, I don't think It's that a number all anymore. the same. I, yeah. think, I, I think just each week it's like, we're still here. I know, right? Somebody's still listening to us somewhere. Yes, uh, we had a lot of good comic book reviews today. Talked about Edge of Spider-Geddon. Yes. Lots of X-Men. Yeah, and also some Power Rangers. Uh, learned about the results of Disney and Marvel, along with James Gunn issue there. Ugh. Ugh. You had to bring up a stupid Bumblebee thing. I did. It was kind of ridiculous. But we also talked about how you, yes you, can join the X-Force. Or at least apply. Yeah, so find out how. And uh, this title is being made up in advance of SummerSlam, so... Uh, Hopefully it goes well with me recording this, but <laughs> sit back, grab a drink, and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 331. Boo to Roman Reigns. Shocking twist to Drunk on Comics. <laughs> Linz has electrocuted herself. I have slightly. So I love pranks. Yeah, and I have a lot of random things that will shock people. And I've lost a majority of them somewhere, somehow. But there are two. Somehow? Yeah, really? well, I know how I lost Anybody them. Anybody who knows Tony knows how he lost them. <laughs> But I have two packs of gum that when you pull out what looks like a piece of gum shocks you and Linz goes, what's this do? Well, this one, I knew what it did, but I asked you, does it still work? And you said, I don't well, know. Well, I truly did not know. And I it figured does. it probably did, but yes. I wasn't going to tell you yes because then you wouldn't <laughs> pull it out. Yeah, but then you did it too. So that was, a, yeah. that was you were a trooper. And it was funny. Watch you go like this because it really does make your whole body just go, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to put these back over here now. All right, and let's get started. Because uh, I will do it again. I'll do it. Just to wake you up. Just, do I, don't little trust, I don't trust jitter. myself. I will do it again. Oh, man. Uh, I was able to hang out with uh, Dan Doherty and uh, Seth DeMoose. They uh, were both at a signing today at Comic Signal. Yes. It was Dan's first time coming to Grand Rapids to do uh, comic book shop here in town right when I mean, he's come to town for other various yeah. things and so it was cool to chat with him for like an hour about random randomness comics cons yeah became part of the touching evil beardo coin club and yeah i've heard that other artists are trying to and creators are trying to copy him please don't do it because i can't have so many Right. coins that I carry around all the time at these cons. But the gist of this coin is you always need to have it on you because if someone else that's in the coin club asks to show you their coin, if you have it, they have to then buy you a drink because pretty much they're calling out, do you have it or not? Ah. And if you don't have it, you owe that person a drink. Oh. So you're going to like, so if you always have one, you're 
pretty much safe. Right. But if you don't have one, then and people know that you don't have one, you're gonna be so screwed. This is just true to coin holders, correct? So like. I wouldn't need to buy somebody a drink because I don't own a coin. Yeah, because you're not part of the club. I'm not part of the coin club. Yeah, but there, right. and there's a secret list of people that have coins oh. that I was just that I just learned that you can only find that list until you're a coin holder. Interesting. So then you know who to call out. Yes, and that's, and that's 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 what's smart. So then I'm almost like, wait, I just signed up for my own fate now, yeah. but yeah, no, guys, no. you better have, make sure you have your coin on you at all times because you is broke. And knowing how much we, as comic people, like to drink. Yes. That's why I figured I needed one, just in case. One day we're going to try to... I I have so many thoughts on how I can abuse the coin system, but... You're always looking for loopholes, especially when it comes to booze. Yes. (laughs) Free booze is the best booze. Oh, um... Yes, uh, Lynn's is... Taking over the tall stack today with a lot more books to review. I do have a lot of books. I was so proud of myself oh, this week. I was busy doing other things like crap around my brother's house. Not mine, for sure. <laughs> this is true. So how about you start with uh, one right. of them? I will not start with the one both of us read because we can do that one last-ish. Okay. Since we both read it. Um, so Extermination kicked off this week, which is the next... X-Men event before the next one, because they've already announced the next yeah. one. Um, so just in case you forgot, there is one before that. <laughs> and well, well, who knows? There'll probably be three in between yeah. now. Anyways. So this whole event is focused around the fact that the old X-Men, the old, the old versions of the X-Men, so the young original X-Men, have been in this time for quite a while, because Beast brought them forward. Um... And how that is affecting the timeline. Because for ages now, basically, fans have been saying, you brought these X-Men here, so why isn't anything changing? If they're not having the experiences they had in the past, why is everything still the same, basically? I don't think they've thought about that in the comic books at all until now. But fans collectively have been thinking this since they brought them forward. And this deals with that. They finally decided to deal with that whole thing. And what uh, the effects of bringing the X-Men to this time period for so long and the stuff that they learned here, how that changes what's going on and how they're going to fix that, basically. And um, specifically, like, I've always wanted... Because Jean Grey in this one learns a whole new power set while she's here. So she's not going to be the same, same Jean Grey she was. And the whole Phoenix well, same with Same with Storm yeah. as well. Yeah, I didn't even realize... Well, she wasn't one of the originals, to no. tell you the truth. Because there was the original five. Yes. Iceman, Cyclops, yes. Marvel, and... I don't Earth, know... This Storm is from this, this it's younger... It's a different yeah, universe. Alternate universe. She's a vampire... Her name is... Bloodstorm. Bloodstorm, yeah. And it's just so awesome sounding. I know, I know. And, um... But I like that they have a more, more younger, to their age, I, people coming on to their group yes, of youngins. It is, it is true. This is... The, it, the, the fact that they brought these young X-Men up kind of brings back, like, the, the nostalgia of the old X-Men a little bit. Because now they're all older, and they've been embittered through time. And yes, there are young X-Men out there, but I don't 
there's so many X-Men now that no one character is given the room to really grow as like an individual character. So we don't, I don't find myself being emotionally invested in too many newer X-Men. I know they're all going to die eventually anyway. <laughs> um, so it, the Scott, Scott and Storm have a thing going on in this, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> the vampires, the vampire storm, and they all know that they have to go back. And I think they're real, like they're about to be sent back. They all know they're heading back to their time, so they're trying to fit in like dates and stuff like that. But then somebody shows up to the date, and I can't remember the guy's name. Ahab. Ahab. Thank you. The guy who took uh, Rachel, gave her the marks that she has, made her a hound. Made her hunt down other mutants, stuff like that. He shows up to Scott and Storm's date and tries to take Scott out. Sends the hounds after him. He has no idea who this guy is because, right, Ahab is after his time. Yeah. So, but when he sees them, he instantly recognizes the markings. So after the whole thing happens, and spoiler alert, Storm dies because he kills oh, her. Bloodstorm dies. Yeah. Make sure. Yeah, yeah. Bloodstorm dies. Sorry, not Storm. Storm. <laughs> She'll never die. <laughs> I think she has it in her contract. Um, goes back to the to the Xavier building, which is now in Central Park, and you know confronts Rachel because of the same markings, and she realizes that it's Ahab and what's going on with that. Separately, uh, Bobby is out and about doing something, and they call him back to the mansion because of what happened, and he gets accosted on his way home. Everybody thinks that it's Ahab going after him. Turns out, not. Not Ahab. We have a younger version of another character showing up in this book. Wait, so wait, so Ahab isn't Ahab? There is Ahab, and there's also somebody else trying to fix what happened. So Ahab is hunting these young mutants, but so is somebody else. Somebody who looks very familiar, if you turn to the very last page, but a little bit different. <laughs> little bit different a little younger not so oh. not so worn down by yeah, the years there is an adult one of him in here yes, too. not anymore wait he just turned into no, a no. kid nope that one the younger one got rid of the older one wow I'm and i'm being very ominous this. about this because i don't want to give the whole thing away because this was kind of like the whole like crescendo of the this issue was the ending of this so i don't want to give away too much but there is a younger version of a character that we all know and love who offs the older version of the character because he's gotten too soft and has strayed away from his duties i'm not gonna lie looking at through this because they i i like when they can simply put the a character's name next to them instead of having to have dialogue of hey Cyclops. You're right. You're coming in with Jean Grey from blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I was hanging with, like, that's a lot of stupid word balloons. So this has, though, a lot of characters showing up. I love mm -hmm. Jean Grey, the older one. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> you have to designate. Which, she gets, she gets really angry at the end. So I'm a little concerned about what she's going to do. <laughs> And you now know why she gets very angry yeah. at the end. I'm not going to give it away. But she gets very angry at the end um, and is ready to kick some ass. So that'll be interesting because, I mean, usually when Jean Grey gets angry, the phoenix shows up. But that's gone. So it'll be interesting to see Jean Grey get really angry and not have to, like, like really get angry and not worry about 
She's always held herself back because she's afraid of the phoenix. And now that she doesn't have that, it'll be super interesting to see what happens. Because she's never allowed herself to get so angry. So I'm just really excited about that idea. <laughs> Honestly. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting because I don't know... Now that there's two threats, I don't know what... I, I know that Ahab is bad, and I know that he's trying to kill them. I don't know what this other person is trying to do. I don't know if he's trying to save them, or if he's trying to fix something that ha that has broken. I'm assuming he's a good guy trying to fix something, but it seems like he's bad yeah. for what he's doing, right? or she's doing, what they're doing, whatever. What this person is doing. Doesn't matter. No one's going to really guess she, that. But he or she is doing. Um, So good. It's a good kickoff to the event. It's not... I mean, it's an X-Men event, so... It's gonna. I've. I. It didn't make me feel like it was anything different than a normal X Men event. It's gonna play out. I would imagine a lot like a normal X Men event does. Um. So, but it was good. I liked it. I am interested to see what happens with the younger X Men because this is a question I've had since they were brought here. Is what's gonna happen with them? Um. The other. I read another X Men book too. I'll bring that big, up for a bit. Big surprise. Uh, I read the Astonishing X Men Annual, and this features. The older version of the original X-Men. Minus one, right? Because Cyclops is dead. Yeah. Um, so it has all of them. They're meeting up for dinner. Jean gets them all together because, you know, she's newly resurrected, all that good stuff. She gets them all together for dinner at the f restaurant they first ate that Xavier first took them to after they won their first battle. So okay. she, she has them. And it's funny because Beast shows up at the beginning and, you know, he's got, like, a T-shirt, pants on, and no shoes. And the matron, he's like, sir, we have a dress code here. And he lists off all the organizations that he belongs to. And he's like, oh, yeah, but kick me out because I'm not wearing shoes. I see how it is. Like, he gets real uppity with the guy. I thought, mm -hmm. it, was, <laughs> thought it was kind of funny. Um, so they're having this whole, basically, a bitch fest about Xavier, right? Oh, we're all miserable, and it's because of this old bald guy. We all loved him so much, and he was such a dick to us, and everything that's wrong in our lives is his fault. And then Xavier shows up. So, for anybody who hasn't been following the X-Men, Xavier was dead, we thought. Cyclops killed him when he was full of the Phoenix Force. and I thought it was an amazing way to finally go, him being kind of... some. He was never misguided. He was always straight in his morals... But some of the things he did were kind of questionable. questionable. Yeah. But he never. I mean, but then you could kind of take it over to being, uh, like, overtaken by an evil entity, or you, there's other reasons why he may did some things bad. But he was really a very peaceful person when it came to mutants and their yeah. struggle. And so he was always a. I, I always enjoyed him, and so that his death I felt meant meant so much more. Than him being alive, especially in a world now where he's either going to have to take a page out of Cyclops and being a dick, mm -hmm. or Magneto, because right. you can't just after so many years of being a pacifist, you can't keep doing that. Right. When there's more and more things coming up. Yep. So I wish he would have stayed dead, but yeah. now he's alive. He is. He so he turns out didn't die because he's you know like a mega omega level psychic. So, so he's spirit, astral hanging plane. out in the astral plane, battling the Shadow King, as you do when you're in that plane. And finally made his way out and overtook the body of Phantom X, and now he's just and that, X. Yeah. That, that, two things there. One, pissed me off <laughs> to no end. I'm still 
Phantom X is one of my favorite characters that most people don't know or understand. Yeah. And we better get another Phantom X because it, it was just such a unique, powerful, awesome character. But what's more disturbing is that Professor X is now younger. Yeah. But that he has fucking hair. Yeah. That is what's most annoying. So the funny part about this is is when he shows up, uh, they, they're they all like, because they were just bitching about him. And he shows mm-hmm. up and he's basically, he's like, you guys are all a bunch of whiny bitches. Um, and Bobby goes, why do you have hair? Was <laughs> <laughs> you ever... Uh, there was, a, I want to say almost, I feel like in the cartoon show, now granted, I look back on the cartoon show, I still have fond memories of it. It's where I got introduced and a lot of people my right. age got introduced to X-Men. But if you look back, some of that was just poorly written and animated. It was not the best of shows, but it tried. Yeah. But I almost feel that there was a backstory in one of them when they're talking about Kane Marco, who juggernaut being his uh stepbrother right. and everything that the young and maybe i'm misremembering this but the young uh, charles xavier also was bald like oh almost, i think so yeah, I almost, like, it's almost as if he's yeah. always been bald it's just like i mean cassandra nova who is his twin sister from the womb or some weird fucking thing that they've done with yeah, her. yeah she's, she's bald <laughs> yeah. too so it's like genetic i don't know james mcavoy had hair when he played uh, until he didn't right through the treatments, or I don't yeah. remember what it was, but anyway, um, Xavier shows up and he convinces the X Men to come to his new digs and hang out and like finish their conversation. So they go to Lago, and true fans of the early series will remember that Lago was the place the X Men were not allowed to go when they were younger because it was full of anti mutant racists. So it was just a place that they stayed away from. They weren't, Xavier did not allow them to go there. And now he lives there. He lives in Lago. And they go into this bar and they're waiting for anti-mutant rhetoric to happen. And everyone's being really nice to them. Like Beast is there. So it's not even like, you know, they can hide behind their human look. Like they have Beast with them. He looks like a big furry blue guy. It's very clear that they're not, they're, that they're mutants. Um... Well, and you got Angel with him, and he's got his fucking wings hanging out. So, <laughs> uh, things things are cool. Everything's going good. And, you know, when you're a mutant for your whole life, and you deal with hate, and you know that this town used to be full of hate, and then everyone's all super nice to you all of a sudden, it's a little suspicious. So, none of the X-Men feel comfortable. Like, they have no, they just feel like something's going on. And so Beast, of course, wants to go investigate the next day. So they're walking around town. They go to this shop, and this guy trips over them, or Beast trips over him. I can't remember specifically what it was. And the guy goes off, spewing hate at him. And a bunch of other people come around him, and they're like, oh, whoa, dude, you need to calm down. This is not right. And they drag him off, and they're like, oh, we're really sorry. He's sick, and stuff like that. And they just drag him off. And Beast is like, this is weird. So he goes to go follow the guy to see what's up with him. And then Bobby goes back to the mansion. And uh, everyone's like, where's where's Beast? Oh, he, he went off to go investigate something. When? At lunch. It's eight. Where is he at? So they go to go find him. Turns out... 
Uh, it was aliens. It was aliens. Oh, God, is it, it really? was Luc- It's Lucifer, who uh, they battled a long ass time ago, and is an alien who calls himself Lucifer. But Xavier has surmised that the Lucifer from ancient times is the same Lucifer, and he just keeps coming back to Earth, and he's an actual alien. Okay, so, so that's an, so take yeah. away spirituality and turn it into <laughs> aliens. Yeah, and... so he's brainwashed all these people into being like. His minions, but he's made them all super calm and nice. And I don't know what his end game is, and they don't really let it get to an end game point. Like he, they go to this this warehouse where all these people are, and they find Beast, and he's been taken over by Lucifer, and he's all like happy sunshine, fun time cult feeling. And they disconnect him, and they start, and he's sad. He's he's fucking upset that they disconnected from him because apparently it was the least amount Maybe of worry. He's really Jesus. Well, it's like and... the least amount of worry that he's ever had in his life, right? Because he doesn't have to think about anything. Somebody else is doing the driving, and the, the person that's doing the driving made him feel really calm and without fear and stuff like that, which is, as a big furry blue mutant, even when you're a genius, you're still living with constant fear. Um, so they, they start to battle Lucifer... And it becomes very apparent that they're not going to be able to beat him unless they kill him, which is not something the X-Men do. What? Defeat people? Kill people. Oh, kill. And this is Xavier's idea, to kill him. And the X-Men are like, we don't don't do that. That's what I'm not getting with this Xavier, is the moral shift. Yeah. Like, he, he would be protective, he would sometimes do some defensive things, but how big of an asshole he has just become. Yeah. I don't get that. Yeah. And it makes me feel like this is, you can't call him Professor Xavier. And I guess what, he wants to be called X or whatever? That's what he, I mean, they're calling him Professor Xavier. He hasn't said, like, don't call me that or oh. anything to him yet. But, so through this whole thing, and I don't I don't know how much this occurs, because I don't read any of the books that if Angel's even in any of the books I don't read any of the books that he's in but Angel is at a constant struggle to keep down Archangel because that's still in him oh so Angel fighting Lucifer yes and Xavier says oh my god is the Archangel fighting Lucifer it, it, Xavier I'm going to spoil this book entirely so if you don't want to hear oh it, am I just guessing to kind of spoil so, <laughs> I mean it is an X-Men book it kind of goes in the direction of X- except you know, they usually don't kill people. Um, so Xavier's like, we have to kill him. Gene and Bobby are like, no, we can't do that. That's not what we do. And then you see uh, Warren f- fighting. And then you see him stop fighting. And you see the Archangel show up. I love that they now have given him that way to just cha- transform. Yeah. It is It is pretty He great. is. He's always been one of my favorite oh. of... Here's the struggle and him letting go. And then, boom, he let go. Yeah, and that is powerful. He basically cuts Lucifer's heads off with his wings. And all the people die. Oh, shit. All the people that were connected, all the humans that were connected to him instantly die. Which is also not something the X-Men would have ever done. And Warren turns back and he goes, did I kill him? And Jean's like, yeah. And he's like, it had to be done. <laughs> so it just took a weird turn because now like... No, the X-Men have killed a bunch of people, and Xavier was the idea behind it. And I don't know how this is going to affect Warren. I know how it's going to affect the other X-Men, 
It's not because then Xavier wipes their minds, as he does. Whenever they do something that he wants them to do and he doesn't want them to remember it. So he wipes all their minds and they all flash to the next scene where they're meeting at the restaurant again, like they did in the first page. Like that never happened. And now they're all meeting like this is the first time they're doing this. Beast shows up to the restaurant and the maitre d' is like, oh, it's nice to see you again, sir. And Beast is like, what, you think all hairy blue people are the same person? Because he doesn't remember that he was just there. And they're all sitting around the table talking about their awesome lives and stuff like this. And everyone's smiling and happy. And then you have poor little Warren sitting at the table looking sad. So I don't know if his brain got wiped or not. He might fully remember what he did. And I don't know what sort of consequences this is going to play out because it's an annual. Sometimes they're canon, sometimes they're not. Yeah, that's what always pisses me off sometimes with picking up a can or not can picking up an annual. annual. Yeah. They usually, I mean, they're a little bit thicker and longer stories. Right. And these, this is not the Astonishing X Men. This is not the team. Mm-hmm. It's Beast is in the Astonishing X Men, but the, the rest are all just the. So I don't know how if this is even going to affect what's going on. Well, in I the feel case. like something's going to have to be brought up later with Warren. Yeah. That's for sure. That scene was crazy, though. And the idea that it was Angel versus Lucifer. Yeah. That whole thing playing out. But that that panel where he's using those wings for what they were made for, that was, it was a strong one. So it was good. It was good. I do not like this Xavier at all. I kind of wish he would have stayed dead. He's kind of a dick. And he's always been kind of a dick. Like, (laughs) he meant well, though. He was a good, good meaning dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but he did play with a lot of people's minds to get them to do what he wanted and he's still doing that but he's just more of a dick about it now so those are my two main ones besides this other one I just want to briefly I'm going to talk more on this in the next issue Um, but Money More for Power Rangers number 30 just came out so it's the second to last issue of the Shattered Grid uh, giant event that so this is number 30 well, of the series. So, but they're ending on number thirty-one, the event. Well, it's a, it's a, I think it's Shattered Grid, like number two. Uh, like you know how they always start with one, okay. and end with one. Yeah. It, let me quick go to the back of this page. I just thought it, if the series was ending on thirty-one. Oh no, and it's not. It's not. Yeah, concluded with. Uh, yeah. Okay. Power Rangers Shattered Grid number one. So I think okay. the beginning was a zero issue. Okay. Uh, and no, the series I, I can't think that it's ending. Because there are two Power Ranger books out there. There's Mighty Morphin, and then there's just the Power Rangers, which both have the original Dino uh, Zords and everything that we grew up with, just a little bit different timelines of where they've been at. This, though, is kind of like just ramping up there, this final almost battle with Lord Draken. And what you see is uh, Zordon along with uh, his other generals, go in to try to uh, talk to Rita and kind of the enemy of my enemy is my friend type Mm -hmm. thing right now. Pretty much they're less worried about everything. Universes are going to end if Lord Draken keeps doing this stuff. So in order to save that, I'm going to go and enlist the help of my enemy. Yeah. And I like that it, it because it's in this world... Lord Draken came from a different world where when Tom, Tommy Oliver turned into the original Green Ranger, when Rita gave him the power, he was able to break free from the evil candle and became a good Power Ranger that we all knew. 
on this other world, that didn't happen. Right. So because Rita was the catalyst for him becoming a Power Ranger, that's where they're thinking her magic could kind of stop that. And it's true. Lord Draken has captured so many other morphers and everything that in his own right, once you have one of those, you could morph still. And his whole obsession with the power or the morphing grid... Still, I I kind of, I don't know what his end game is, but I it's it's got something to do with that, and whether it is him just wanting to I don't think he truly wants to destroy, but I think he wants to just become a god of all these universes, yeah. and he's just not thinking of the consequences now. Um, through some shenanigans with Rita and everything, which I won't get into too much, there is kind of the pre pre fight uh, talk that Jason who. You know, the original Motivational leader. speech. Yeah. Very powerful, like, you know, dialogue that he's giving to a, what you see in some of these panels, all these rangers and their zords behind them. And some of which you would remember from the shows. I mean, they're iconic masks. Um, they're always within Power Rangers. There's always that sixth ranger mm. that doesn't get introduced until, like, the end of the first season, so the next season, and they have their own zord. Every single season is kind of formulaic, but it's for me, I still enjoyed it uh, when I watched it when I was younger. But seeing some of these, it's just like, hoorah, like, let's go battle. And even the fight scenes, uh, quite amazing. And what doesn't give too much away, but in this realm, the Tommy of this world is dead. So, uh, they, he was killed by Draken, and with that being said, though, they still had the Dragon Dagger, and, and what a thoughtful thing is, because Kimberly and, and Tommy were kind of dating, he lets her take the power, and what is, one of the cool things that I always remember is whoever has the, the Dragon Flute, uh, gets to have, or... The glowy shield. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what also came up later on in the book was when she used that to shoot Lord Draken and what was finally one of the first, like, not killing blows, but a hurtful blow towards yeah. him. But the battle scenes were just amazing. And having different Power Rangers call out by name to different Power Rangers that if you watch the series, you'd be like, oh, I remember that. That one was the Red Ranger. Or that one was the Yellow Ranger or whatever. So they did great service to fans throughout this but i don't know how they're going to top this and i've said this every time i've reviewed this Mm -hmm. this is an event unlike any event i've ever read in any series to which how it culminated to this point in how like i don't know if i would care to see another bad guy after this but they they built this lord draken up and even before this yeah, where do you go from this yeah, and they even built him up before this event, like eight months, I think it was almost a year before, within the Power Rangers books, when he randomly showed up, and you're thinking, okay, that's a weird one-off bad guy that may come up later. This is almost like a series ending right? how you would go out on top. And it's, I don't know how they're going to beat it, but in what could only be one of the saddest moments is uh, he had... Uh, Finster, who is the person that always created the clay um, bad guys for Rita. Yeah, well, not just the putties, but pretty much all of the monsters were made from his clay and him naming them. So he has 
a Finster from a different universe called Finster Five, and he and he at least saves Tommy from being totally uh, warped and zapped from Zordon and Rita and what they were doing. But he's he's worried that with him being sapped, uh, Draken wants to go and take more uh, power from the Morphers, and Finster's like, "It will kill you. I don't want to to see that happen to you." And he's kind of like saying, "So are you telling me that I?" I shouldn't do this and he goes please just I care about you and he's like very well thank you for everything you've done for me and then he snaps his neck like holy shit yeah this lord like, you can't even well and is he crying he he does have a tear going down his face when he does it it's like a Thanos but it's, it's almost like uh he needs to be because what he believes he's doing needs to be done it's very but Thanos at the same point, of him yes but we're <laughs> Well, actually, it would be kind of more Thanos because Thanos was a bad guy. This guy, though, like he he doesn't seem anything like the Tommy of what we grew up with, the yeah. the Green Power Ranger no. at all. Mm-mm. And so you always kind of in some of these books, you always think there's always going to be that one glimpse, that one thing they're going to appeal to his reason, right? And then that reason that Tommy when, we know is going to show up. Yeah, I don't think that's happening here, yeah. and I think this is the point to drive home of. He's either going to have to die, or wherever he goes, he might be alive to come back later on. But, uh, yeah, ultimately, uh, lots more, ba- a lot of more stuff that was going into this book. I'm keeping it brief, but holy shit, yeah. I, I can't recommend enough. Even for people that didn't even enjoy Power Rangers, you would read this and you'd be like, the dialogue is pretty much flawless. Even when they do some some funny, puntastic jokes, it's it's in the uh, the vein of that actually kind of worked the way they said it. Because if you never know, all the bad guys have really crappy pun names, oh, yeah. and they make fun of it within the comic books. And it just oh, it's so good. So yeah. All right. And now to revisit a multiverse. One of the best ones they've done in a while, actually. Yeah. Um, we are going to talk about Edge of spider Geddon, Geddon, Geddon. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Five o'clock, popcorn included. <laughs> spider Geddon, Geddon. <laughs> so to be clear, this is not spider Geddon. This is the Edge of spider Geddon. And they're very much doing the same thing they did with Spider-Verse, where they did Edge of the Spider-Verse, and they did a bunch of single shots where they introduced different characters, and then they different kind of versions were, of Spider-Man from different universes, and they were setting up what the overall thing was going to be. Yep. They didn't really, I mean, they loosely had at the beginning and the end someone show up, zap someone out of there. Right. There's something dire going on, yeah. And then there's a zero issue, which right. this seems to also get into. The then this is very similar. The difference is Spider Verse happens, so they do reference. Uh, this Spider-Man being involved in yep, and the I kind previous of, event. And I do remember kind of the spikiness of the shoulder pads to where yeah. he... So, and I didn't really look ahead of who some of the other ones were, but where in the first one, they did some of the one-shots that were kind of predominant within that story. You obviously know then Spider-Punk, right? which he's Spider-Man, but yeah. I, just, I just love everyone calls him Spider-Punk, and that's 
his designation That's within the team. That's who he's going to be, like Spider-Gwen. Wasn't Spider-Gwen yeah, in the comic she was, books. She was spider That's a stupid yeah. name. Everyone would know who you are. <laughs> but what's funny even though about Spider-Gwen was she was written to kind of just be a, a one, well, not a one-bit character, but just a character just within that book. Shot. And was going to maybe have a small, well, she did have then a small series after that. Yeah. Now she's in the universe proper of yep. Marvel and going to have a whole name change, which I kind of, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Why would she call her, no one calls her Spider-Gwen within the universe right. anyways. She's Well, she can't be Spider-Gwen because, again, that's it a stupid name. name. And she can't be Spider-Woman because there is one of those nope. in this universe. She's so going to be Ghost Spider. She's going to be Ghost Spider. But who knows? Maybe Spider-Punk can... Uh... Yeah. he's he's <laughs> Spider-Punk is pretty awesome. So Hobart Brown, or Hobie, as he's known, is like... They're from what, I can't even remember what number of Earth this is, but he's from basically the, oh, it's Earth 138, where anarchy rules. So this is like punk's paradise, basically. They've overthrown the government and and anarchy rules the world, and he has two rules. No gods, no masters. That's the two rules that he, he runs by, and he sticks to it. As you can see in the first couple of pages, where he tries to take out Thor, who is not Thor, he's just called Thunderstrike yeah. in this in this universe. But because he's a god, he's not allowed. Mm-hmm. So he's a villain. <clears throat> but uh, very shortly after that, the main villain of this one shot shows up, who I thought was hilarious, given that this is very much a punk anarchist book, and it was Kang. The conglomerator, yes. <laughs> who came from 2099 to bring Spider-Man back to the future <laughs> to to be his corporate tool, basically, which is the worst thing you can do to somebody who is an anarchist. Yeah, make that's them a tool, what I a tool did of think the machine. That was very good on, I mean, I, I want to say casting, but pretty much on yeah. having the bad guy of this story. So this is written by Jed McKay. Not yeah. to be confused with Tony McKay. Yes. Spelled differently. I know, but I did see that when I read <laughs> it, and I go, but that's our old way of, of spelling it back in the homeland. <laughs> so the, he it was a very smart decision to make that the villain, right? Because it's kind of funny, and it's kind of cheesy. Like, the whole idea of the, the man fighting the anarchist. Like, it makes sense, but it's, it's not to be taken overly seriously. Although in this world it should be, right? Because that's the whole thing... That's the whole point of this universe. But I thought I thought that was hilarious. He was just like, we got to soften you down a little bit, but you sell like crazy in the future. People love you. So, and then the little toy minions show up. Yeah, those were the, not only the cutest little things, but they, I mean, I couldn't help but laugh at them. I'm like, okay, Spider-Man's going to easily kick their ass. Yeah. But she kind of did, but then, you know, the odds of numbers, you know, when you get overwhelmed by them. But I just loved when they would say something. Yeah, they'd all say it. Yeah. Anarchy! Anarchy! Like, it's their, the, you know when toys have, like, the little buttons and you push them and they say something? It reminded me, like, if we were at a con and all the Funko Pops came to life. Oh, Like, that's yeah. kind of... And I feel like maybe that's a little bit what they were going for because people fucking love their Funko Pops. And that is what they <laughs> reminded me a bit of. <laughs> with the big um, heads and everything. Yes. My favorite part with them, though, was when they were chasing after him and, you know, they would just yell random shit. But then, you know, they're supposed to be web slingers, and, but they're toys, so they don't. So instead, they just say 
the word thwip. And they all say it as thwip, thwip, as they're jumping. <laughs> it just, it, I laughed about it for like five minutes. I, Josh looked at me like I was fucking crazy. And I tried to explain it to him. And he looked at me like I was crazier. So <laughs> I don't know that everyone would get it, but I thought it was super funny. I love that they, I mean, they established this world enough to where they introduce different characters. Um, not just the Spider-Man here. They had a Captain... Captain Anarchy. Anarchy. Yeah. Which, that I felt a little forced. I'm like, all right, does everything truly need to be on the Anarchy down low? But, you know, whatever. It's I'm the still world gonna they're en- building, right? Yeah, I'm still going to enjoy it. He's... Vi- he's and, and Captain Anarchy is fighting... Um, God, what is he fighting? What are those? Annihilus. From the, negative the zone. bugs from the negative zone. And they're all into surfer music. They're trying to put on a show of surfer music. And that's what is pissing him off. So he's trying to fight, he's trying to fight them. And they're all like, man, what are you doing? Like, yeah. they weren't even trying. They were just trying to play their music. So it was <laughs> the whole thing, the whole play out was kind of funny. Well, I love, so as I said, like, I loved, even they called him Spider-Punk. He's like, it's Spider-Man. Like, stop doing that. Now, what I liked, one of my favorite bits was he, he had to get this this tape, and within the tape, one of the bad guys ate it, and when he has his web uh, sling to him, says, get over here, and it made me crack up laughing, like, seriously out loud when the spider, or the Captain America of this world goes, I understood that reference, <laughs> because as we know, that is now what has become like his trademark uh oh it even has a little tm yeah and it has a little tm next to (laughs) (laughs) i understood that reference uh so that was good comedy where it needed to be i don't Uh, know if you noticed but whenever the little toys say something there's a little tm next to their words too yeah because they're toys so they've trademarked their sayings so anytime they say capitalism rules or thwip or thrashing. There's a little tiny TM next to all of their I word balloons. I did not balloons. notice that. It's all these little these little things that make a comic book really, really good. Um, but yes, that whole get over here thing was great. <laughs> it's funny that they got away with this. The tape, though. The tape is an important key to how Spider-Man defeats Kang. Because that introduces... The other now that's just a weird thing, but maybe it's because they don't have gamma or anything there, and it's just because of the music, or that's what really sets off. It's metal, this. right? Yeah. So, in this universe, the Hulk <laughs> is formed by listening to metal music, and it's funny because when he turns into the Hulk, he's got all these tattoos, like he's got a heart that says metal on it and stuff like that. So it's literally just like listening to this music that gets him so pumped up, basically. That he turns into the Hulk or Savage Dragon. Yeah, his <laughs> him having a mohawk like before he transforms obviously then means uh, adult him will or not adult him a Hulk him will have a mohawk too, and being giant and green and having the mohawk like literally reminded me so much of Savage Dragon. Even as you were saying too with the yeah. arms crossed one. Yeah. It yeah. The the art in this was great. So, who is Gerardo Sandoval? Did a great job. One minor complaint. Man can't draw boobs so well. (laughs) I think. You think that, but it was following up on... It is, it is. So, is it really not drawing boobs? Or is it taking Uh, the design of the original person? It it could be. I feel like you could take that opportunity to fix a mistake. 
if you really wanted but to. But then you wouldn't know who it is just by looking at it. I mean, he, he it's iconically it. looking. He hints to it. And actually, when you think of all Spider su- women. superheroes, yeah, their boobs are all smushed so much to the middle that they just there's that unnatural gap there. Yeah, it just makes it seem like they just rock they have solid a boobs and. And there maybe maybe it's armor. We'll just go with that. Maybe yeah. those aren't boobs. It's just armor. That answers the age old question. Why aren't? Why is there only armor over just the nipples? <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's not. Maybe it's around the whole boob on this one. I don't know. This is an interesting choice with her. Um, but as all the Edge of the Spider Verse ones ended, somebody pops in at the end of this book because they need all the Spider Men to come back together because something is happening. We don't, don't know what. We yet. don't know if it's the same thing that was happening with the with the inheritors. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what even uh, Hobie mentions that briefly towards the end, and that's who I believe is within this. This is one of those series that I knew I was going to read, so I'm trying to not have crap spoiled for me. Right. But I do believe that they have come back because even at the end of Spider Verse, it was kind of ominous of. There's, uh, I think even with the, the scroll and with all the um, the webbing of time and stuff, it seemed like there was supposed to be more of a conclusion than what was. Right. And that's where I feel that I think this is like Armageddon, Spider-Geddon right. is kind of the end until yeah. they decide that this also kicked ass in sales and they do another <laughs> right. one. Right. So definitely worth picking up. I've, I have a feeling all of these ones are probably going to be similar, just like the last ones were. The next one, they don't give away who's in all of them, which is good, because I don't think they did that with the other ones either. But they do give you the cover of the next one, which in the Spider-Verse one, they had that one issue that was like Mecha Spider, right? The whole He was yeah. Spider-Man, but it, he was in a Spider-Man Mecha suit. Yeah. And this one looks like maybe they're going in a similar direction. It's starring a female, so I don't know if maybe... She's related to that same person, or if it's from the same universe where that one existed. Um, it'd be interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you remember the first one too, a majority of the Spider-Man got wiped out. Yeah. They died within the battles, right? Or were eaten by the inheritors. So these leftovers, I mean, it's going to be someone that had survived. Yeah. It's either leftovers or people who've taken up the mantle. So, like in that one, if he had—I don't remember if he had died or not. But if he had, it's really easy for somebody else to just jump into that suit. He is well. He is alive. I had read though that they weren't planning on using him for this. Uh, Maybe it's because they have a different. Yeah, and that could or, be why yeah. they had some other ideas where they're gonna go yeah. with. I like you got to the end of this though, and you said you were very excited about reading Superior Octo- Octopus. Yeah, well, yeah. that's something. So I knew uh, he's back, and I've seen the cover of it, which pretty much looked like. A silver Spider-Man suit with Doc Ock, so like almost like the um, uh, Iron Spider, Iron Spider suit, yeah. um, but instead of only three arms, it has four. And I, I like that it's a Spider-Man again, right? So, wonder and there's some weird things going on in Spider-Man right now that are great for him, but also strange. I almost feel like they're going to have to resolve what that's going on there before he gets to this. Because obviously, main bro, right. Peter Parker, is going to get brought in. Um, but it's interesting yeah. uh, what's going on there. So on to some news. And uh, starting off, it's always sad when there's a death in fandom. And 
wrestling and comic books, there is a big crossover. There is. It's they're both very theatrical and dramatic. Yes, and uh, sad to say, this past week, uh, the WWE legend uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart had passed away. Um, he was always uh, teamed up with uh, Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation. Their tag team duo uh, dominated back in the day. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, he still has his uh, daughter, Natalia, that's wrestling right now. Ah. And, um, yeah, and actually when this post-SummerSlam will have happened and uh, could make some predictions, I'm just going to flat out boo if Roman Reigns uh, wins the title. Yeah. But also really hate Brock Lesnar. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I, can't, I, always, I look forward to the nights that pay-per-views are on because me, Dirk Manning, Pat Kuala, all of us are kind of like, chatting about things <laughs> Hollywood Nerds. oh yes and we we really do get nerdy on those nights I don't watch wrestling but I know what Roman Reigns looks like and I have to say the Samoan roots the hot Samoan oh. roots run strong in that one <laughs> I like him as a person and even how he could be as a character it's that WWE needs to hire new writers oh yeah they pick they their know. favorites and then they fucking kill, beat it with a stick they've beaten yeah. Roman Reigns with a stick for the last like two three yeah. years yeah at this point if he hasn't won it in three fucking years that's why we all know he's gonna win it this time and there's no way they've been doing stuff where they've made us hate Brock Lesnar so much yeah. that we hate him a little bit more to where we're kind of we gave up. We're just like, all right, let Roman win it to finally, yeah, finally get it over with, and then maybe we can have the beast. a, yeah, we can finally maybe have something happen with this belt, because the last, like I said, couple of years has just been Brock Lesnar having it and Roman Reigns. Brock trying to... Lesnar cracks me up as a person because he's so big, but he totally has that Mike Tyson voice thing going on where it's like way more high pitched <laughs> than yeah. you would expect it to be coming from a man of that stature. And so whenever he talks, I'm like, this is disconnecting for me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yes. Okay. Sadness. We'll get back to the, that was, that's sadness. Well, uh, well yeah. yeah, sad, yeah, sad. yeah. I guess uh, to go along with the realms, uh, a death in the comic book family, at least for characters wise, uh, old man Logan is finally going to see his end or... Is he? Because, He's like all characters... Yeah. But I think with so many uh, Wolverine-type characters in the Marvel Universe now, and especially with the other one coming back, I can see this being, like, a dead-dead person. Dead-dead. Although his... Uh, I mean, it is the old man, Logan. Yeah. Who was a fan favorite with... I He wouldn't have come about if it wasn't for the small little story arc that they came up with in Wolverine. God, 10, 15 years, maybe? You when mean it that... Came up? that, that one not graphic novels run that they did basically the old man logan no that was actually issue a couple issues yeah. of the regular wolverine run wasn't even a separate thing it was just a future vision of what could be in and then when he came back that was actually something that i thoroughly enjoyed at the end of secret wars was this uh old man logan came to the main right. universe and him freaking out of like what's going on and not everyone's dead. That was actually some good storytelling and a good displaced character uh, coming back into the main Marvel universe. So, yeah. damn it, Marvel. Now I'm going to have to see how it finally ends. So, do they say much about how 
this is going to run? Is it the going, twelve issues? Is it going to be? Are they going to take him back to his original placement and have it happen then? Is it going to be in the future? Is it current? Is it going to happen in the in what's going on now in the X Men universe? Uh, I believe it's going to be now because okay. uh, he's like. Even in the future, he's been kind of dying. His healing factor ain't what it used to be. Right. And the only thing that ki- keeps him from the adamantium killing him is the healing factor. So mm-hmm. uh, just like in the movie Old Man Logan, why he couldn't heal always because he's always... If he didn't have adamantium, he could probably live damn near forever because... Right. It's not poisoning him constantly. Yeah. And that's right. why it was always great in the comic books too when he became even more stronger and quicker healing because he doesn't have adamantium. And almost like Deadpool healing, which is why Deadpool can heal as fast as he does because he doesn't have to. Actually, he well he battles cancer, but I guess it's. I think the I think can I mean battling cancer sucks, but like the fact that you have when you have something foreign in your body, especially that's poison, that's basically what cancer is. But when it's like literally coating all of your bones, like (laughs) all over you, like that's a it's. I mean, they're very similar fights, but. He's had it for so long, and it's in his body constantly. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a constant battle against poison and your body trying to wipe out foreign objects. Um, I should have probably brought this up just as a quick uh, brief when I was uh, talking about the Power Rangers, but uh, there is going to be a National Power Rangers Day, do, as do, Hasbro do, do, has do, do, do. proclaimed. Yeah. Uh, August 28th, uh, 1993, was when Mighty Morphin Power Rangers first debuted. Ah. I remember that fondly because I freaking love Power Rangers, yeah. as I always say. And, uh, yeah, so to mark 25 years, this August 28th. That's fucking crazy. Which is a Tuesday, which would be great if the Shattered Grid comes out the next day, which I almost feel two weeks would be. I need to check my local comic book listings to find out but that that works pretty well with wrapping up the storyline but they ask everyone to post on twitter uh you know whatever your favorite memories are this or that uh hashtag it uh you know uh power rangers day national power rangers day um to get in on the fun i was twitter hashtag stuff eh, i am honestly gonna wear power rangers gear but I mean, Twitter hashtags are how how Twitter works, so we'll, it is. we'll have to make sure we tweet on that day. Yeah. Blow it uh, out. And then, speaking of days, there is Batman Day. Batman Day. Um, that is going to be September 15th, and uh, yeah. It's not the first Batman Day. I feel like they've been doing Batman Days for a while now. Oh, they have. Uh, this is going to be, though, celebrating 80 years. Has it so, been eight? Well, I guess that makes sense. Nope. Oh, sorry. Um, it's teasing plans for its 80th year. That's in 2019. I was going to say, because when, fond memory, it had to have been four years ago, so it would have been 75 years, which is a significant anniversary. Yeah. They had the Batman dance party locally here. That Was, was it really fun. that long ago? Yeah. Though? Yeah. Four years. Wow. Yep. Time flies. It does. <laughs> It does. Yeah, maybe next year, on uh, the 80th year, we may finally see a fucking wedding. Who knows? <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. We all know what happens when that happens. I know. Um, 
But uh, what is going to coincide is uh, the 1,000th episode of Detective Comics. I think they've been... Because uh, looking at the numbers and everything now, they're going to have to do either shenanigans of... Uh, when I last saw that it, they were going to try to plan this, which was in the spring, I think they had 20 issues, and I think that it didn't necessarily line up. Like It was almost like they're going to have to do a forget one one month to make it mm-hmm. land on that date, but... Mm-hmm. Still, they got pretty damn close to, to making it without some shenanigans. Yeah. Um, and also Batman news, some positive news. Um, Sean Murphy has posted on his Twitter, and I loved it. He just goes, in what is the crappiest or loosest uh, or secret project that is not really secret, um, you know, in hell with consequences, I want you guys to see this art. Uh yeah, uh, Batman White Might, Batman White, White, White Knight, Knight Two is pretty much all but confirmed. Oh, yes. And the small panel shows what looks like Jack Napier, who is Joker in this universe, uh, almost pulling off a Batman cowl. I mean, it could just be a hoodie, but mm, it I it looks it looks kind of Batman. Which is interesting because didn't Jack Napier die in White Knight? Yeah. Oh. Didn't he? Didn't he sacrifice himself? Yes. No, no, because I thought he got better. Hmm. Oh, he sacrificed himself back to being the Joker is yeah. what it was. Boom. Uh, yeah, so this is going to be now part of the Black Label series that uh, DC is doing, which is their more mature, uh, which makes sense because the there wasn't anything in white knight that was necessarily mature in the terms that i think about it but it's definitely way more violent than most of your normal run comics lots of violence and mind control and drug use (laughs) (laughs) angry batmans oh wait that's all the batmans also i love some of these other universes that dc has promoted as like main titles I mean, Marvel did that with, uh, fuck, now I'm forgetting what their whole other Ultimate Universe, mm, and they had their lines yeah. of comics. Now, granted, there's not a bajillion comics within them, but, like, right. there's the Injustice Universe, yes. which makes me really, with how they write that one, did it seems like that? more of an adult, dark... It is. And did you know that Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy are married in that series? I did not know that. Yes, they have been married in that series. They are legitimately a formed couple in that series. I know that they j- just had the Masters of the Universe uh, crossover. I read the first one. I haven't read the second one yet, which is interesting because that also because they already had Masters of the Universe crossover with the main DC universe, and when they did that, that went on to their main uh, Masters of the Universe series that they had. And that subsequently ended. This is also a a different Masters of the Universe that crossed over with the Thundercats mm. as well, which was not also this other Masters of the Universe that crossed. So there's multiple Masters, Masters of, of the, the universe. universe, Masters of the Universes. Universe uh, I. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I love it. Comic books can be uh, great. Oh, yeah. For the for most sure. part. Um, so in uh, moving on to to TV shows and movie news. HBO is officially ordering The Watchmen. We all knew it was coming, but now it's official. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm very excited about this. HBO's been doing some fucking awesome ass shit lately. 
So, yes, we've had a Watchmen movie. Yes, it was only two, two and a half hours long. This is going to be a whole fucking series. So they're going to be able to get into shit way deeper, I think. Well, you say two, two and a half hours. So I watch a lot of movies and I take suggestions from friends. And when I saw this news yesterday, I then decided I'm going to rewatch The Watchmen. Free on Amazon Prime. And, oh, not only is just The Watchmen, but the ultimate cut. Oh, which adds, does it have the tales of the the black freighter or yep. whatever it's called on it? And then it has an extra twenty four minutes of other stuff. Uh, it clocks in at three hours and I think forty minutes. All right. So that was a uh, one of those. Damn, I'm tired, but just want to finish yeah. it type things. Well, and that see that I'm I'm not usually a fan of extended cuts because there's normally a reason why stuff has been cut out. Um, but when you add the the tales of the the black freighter, um, that that storyline added so much to the book, and it adds to the movie. And I feel bad for anyone that didn't get to experience that. Yes, I mean so, they, they they had it separately yeah, on there when they had the home edition, right? But then having them just cut it in seamlessly because there are so a little bit extra scenes in the real world when they cut it in mm-hmm. to the movie, but. It kind of goes seamlessly yeah. if you were watching. I wonder if they're going to do it in the show. I don't. Well, they've been doing kind of something like that within the Doomsday Clock, with uh, with a television show within oh. within uh, uh, Gotham. They keep cutting to this television show. That at first, when I thought they were doing, it, I was like, "Oh, okay, so this is random." But then, when they did the second book, you realize this is just like the Black Freighter. Oh, so interesting. It is kind of mirroring yeah. that. I I never thought that we really need to revisit this world. Now with Doomsday Clock, I'm glad we revisited this. Now I don't know if we really need this adaption. I'll give it a go. As long as it doesn't, uh, well, like I said, continuity is everything. Yeah. And if I don't like it, I'm going to pretend that didn't happen and Doomsday Clock is the real right. true. But also I've been hurt hearing this might be a more prequel-ish, too, with some other uh, vigilante yeah. mass men when they were still allowed to be masked. Right, because... leading up to this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, that would be good. It's HBO. Josh was just reading The Doomsday Clock, and he I haven't been following it, but he read one line to me out loud, and uh, it's when the... Vi- have you Are you caught up on The Doomsday yeah. Clock? The villains were robbing a bank. And they're or robbing somebody, and they're like, "We don't need this. It doesn't have Nixon's face on it. It's no good for yeah. us in our world." <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, um, Fox has just pulled uh, the Buffy license from Dark Horse. Really? Yeah, which is interesting that they're they're probably doing it to hold on to all their stuff, or maybe they had to do it before Disney. Wow. So that's crazy because they've been doing, that's where they've been doing the new seasons of Buffy was in the comic books. Yep. And Joss has been directly involved with a bunch of those. It's 20 years that they've been in relationship together. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Fucking Fox. (laughs) I'm glad you got sold. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I don't think, no, no, they got all their TV properties, right? Disney? Didn't they get most yeah. of the, yeah, the shows and stuff? Well, that's bullshit. I don't read the Buffy series, but I heard if you are a hardcore Buffy fan, it's definitely 
very good and sticks very closely to canon. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I even saw something we didn't talking about uh, it recently, but I can't necessarily remember what it was, and it was obviously right before this news just came They're out. They're doing so. a, a new show, a new Buffy show. No, but he was talking oh. about the comic book, and oh. I think, I don't know if he, if he was even talking about they were ending it, but so maybe he knew, or maybe, maybe. No. I don't know. Guess I don't know everything mm. like I want to. Mm. Um, the last two things that I have to talk about is signing up for the core. The dead core. Yes. <laughs> Deadpool core. Actually, what you're doing is applying to be a member of X Force. Yes. If you go to DeadpoolCore.com, uh, you will. Get the message on how you can sign up to be part of X-Force. Yes. Uh, I have to say, I want to work for the Deadpool marketing team. I, they're genius. I, I have so many stupid, fun, genius ideas, too. I, I just don't have the money to make them happen. Right. And that I love that they go, yeah, let's run with this. Because, I mean, in it, they pretty much talk about, you know, are you going to... Uh, hit the hit the ground running or l- even land. Um, are you uh, you Work know on your superhero landing? Yes, that yeah. And pretty much kind of say because the other X Force pretty much died. Yeah. So I'm gonna read the application to you. Okay. Uh, this is the official X Force application form. Thank you for your interest in joining X Force. We are aggressively expanding our group of crime fighting heroes who fight crime, but also fight other stuff for money too. <laughs> Please answer the following questions honestly, to the best of your ability, in incomplete sentences. <laughs> X-Force's fearless and handsome leader, or his blind assistant, will be in touch with you, will be in touch once your application has been reviewed. So you need to provide your name and your alias, your superpower or mutation, your hometown planet, and then you have to list any relevant skills to heroic duties. And then they have questions for you. What would you do if, A, a blind old lady needed to cross the street? C, they skip over B entirely. It goes from A to C. You gained access to time travel. And then they ask you to check which of the following situations you'd be comfortable in. And they list intensive boot camp training, jumping out of planes, life-threatening situations, working as part of a team, making difficult moral decisions, combat triage, babysitting teenage mutants, starting an F-word with your SO. (laughs) Safety, safely driving a getaway vehicle. Beekeeping. <laughs> and then K is blank, so you can fill it in. They have a disclaimer on the bottom. It's the disclaimer and waiver notice. And this is my favorite part of this. By taking this application and holding it in your hands, hereby agree to waive all rights to suing Deadpool for potential bodily harm that may occur as a result of joining the X-Force. Seriously, this is dangerous. Possible injuries and grisly deaths may include, but are not limited to, getting cut in half, Getting stabbed repeatedly, getting shot repeatedly, government experimentation, memory loss, development of multiple personalities, losing your testicles to the queen of the underworld, decapitation, having alter egos as a result of said decapitation, getting your ass kicked by resurrected presidents, having your evilest alter ego try to kill you, getting into fights with fictional characters, missing the zombie apocalypse because you passed out in a Mexican restaurant, and don't even get me started on child support you may or may not owe that one time in the 70s. You grew an afro and seduced dot, dot, dot. These are all calls to his comic books. 
all of these. Oh, yeah. Because the Night of the Living Deadpool is when he misses Zombie Apocalypse. When Deadpool fights the... Or what is it? Dead... Deadpool Illustrated. Deadpool Illustrated. Mm-hmm. When he fights all the fictional characters, the one where he's fighting the dead fucking resurrected presidents, it's all calls out to his his some of his more recent comic books. So I thought it was super funny. So fill this out. You guys can apply. Everyone can apply. You have to post it on social media with a hashtag, of course. But it'd be interesting to read everybody's applications because they're making them post them. You know, you don't just send it to them. You actually have to post it mm-hmm. online. So you can read everybody's applications. All right. The last uh, thing that I have, which uh, I I find I love Easter eggs in movies. And there's uh, a Reddit uh, place that I look up them to see, but most of them I've noticed. I mean, it's they're kind of hitting you over the head sometimes. Sometimes, some of these. yeah. Especially if you know the product... Well, there was one that has recently surfaced that this person has spotted that within the thread even, people who had worked on the movies and graphics didn't even know that. He doesn't even think that someone in production, one person had to have done this and not known. So in uh, The Greatest Showman, which has Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman movie. They have, uh, with with the credits, or the opening credits, they have the people's names and borders that go around it. And the borders in the corners kind of have some weird looking different uh, images. Do you see any image there when you look at that? It's a person with their, oh, it's the arms with its art cross. Oh, it's claws. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. It's like arms crossed and there's totally claws coming out of the hands. Yes. That's fucking awesome. And so. Not only that, but I mean that is clearly arms with oh yeah Wolverine's no, claws. for sure. But not only that, but then you're like, all right, so why isn't there a head there? Well, having a head would be a little bit too obvious. What does that kind of look like? I don't know. An Easter egg. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And I don't th- know who that graphic designer is, but they are genius. This now this didn't go around Hugh Jackman's. This went around James Mangold, who yeah. who uh, did Logan, okay, and and the Wolverine. So he, uh, I mean, it would have been good if it was around Hugh Jackman's. I have one though. It totally but, fucking works. Yeah, it, like I also they the the person posted also a bunch of the other ones, trying to zoom in in them. Like you can see like some of them like have like scissors and like a movie reel stuff. So some of them look like they're, but when you're looking at them from far away, it looks kind of like just a weird squiggly line. Uh, So yeah, this person, uh, Eerie Feeling, uh, over at Reddit, definitely struck gold on finding an Easter egg that no one even knew existed before. Good job, guy. I don't know, that's just your fun tidbit of movie magic this week. Oh, I like stuff like that. Do you have anything else you need to talk about? Disney. Officially, not rehiring oh, I guess James we do Gunn. Need to talk about, yes, officially, everyone's pissed about it. Yeah, it, it, they are saying that they are probably going to take his script, but who knows how much of it? Dave Bautista has straight up said, "I'm not doing any movie where his script isn't used." Yes, and... like he's going to break his contract. And you, I'm sorry, they cast him perfectly. That his Drax is fucking awesome. I just mm-hmm. rewatched the Avengers again and the new one and the scene where he's invisible 
where he yeah. thinks he can make himself invisible is one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. And the interaction at the end when they're on um, Titan and... Uh, no one asked why. She Well, she says, Mantis says, we're here to take ass and kick names. Oh. And his reaction is, yeah! Like, it's literally, <laughs> like, the best... I Dave Bautista, he's a, an amazing fucking actor. For being a wrestler, no offense wrestlers, most of them... Not great actors, mm-hmm. right? And you don't have to be. You guys are amazing athletes. Like, I'm saying you guys, like, they listen to our podcast. <laughs> um, he's a very good actor. Uh, so if he quits, I don't I don't want to watch Guardians anymore. Yeah, and I really... Uh, Disney painted themselves into a corner. They did. And they really... They, as what one hand, they could pretend they never saw these before. But they did. Yeah. Um, you know they did. And again, it's really the pot calling the kettle black at this point with their history. Well, one of the biggest things uh, that happened then today even, he had just, uh, with the news of it not coming, of James Gunn not being reinstated, he had uh, tweeted out a, uh, uh, a message of his also not wanting to do the script again of, with the long of the lines of make America great again. Oh, yeah. Because, um, yep. not to get too much into it, but those people are the ones that were doing the true witch hunt. Yes. Um, yes, so, yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, booze in a book. Hold on. Oh, one, one final piece of news that we have to talk about because I want to talk about something else related to this directly. More so, I want your thoughts on this. And I want you to agree with me, because I know you do. So, DC and Hasbro have had this lawsuit. Oh, my God. Have had this, this is why I f- forgot you wanted to talk about it. Yes. It's so dumb. It is. Have had this lawsuit, or this law, this battle, this court battle going on uh, over the character Bumblebee. Because DC has a Bumblebee, and Transformers has a Bumblebee. And technically, DC had a Bumblebee first, but Transformers... Copyrighted the name Bumblebee in 2015. So they've been suing DC for exclusive rights for three years now. Uh, And it finally ended. And it ended with both of them being able to use the fucking (laughs) word Bumblebee. Which now it just seems like a waste of everybody's time. Um, But, you know, Bumblebee is not a huge character in the DC universe. But it is huge for their DC... Uh, super the the hero girls series that they do for the younger girls. She is a big character for them, and the only black character, so it, it's important for little girls. So I'm glad that it kind of came to this. Follow up to this, I finally read the synopsis of the movie Bumblebee, and it's literally fucking Herbie Lovebug. What the fuck? How are they getting away with this? And I need to know your thoughts on this. <laughs> okay, so. Uh... I could give two craps less if someone's named the same thing in a different universe because that has happened before. Yeah. Are they going to no confuse really Bumblebee confuse with Bumblebee? Yeah. But then again, too, DC also should have thought, like, that's a main character. And even though that uh, Hasbro didn't think to copyright or trademark the name until after DC already had theirs out, so that's kind of bad on their parts. Uh I don't think they needed to. No one's going to confuse the two. No. However, maybe your very old grandma when you tell her you want Bumblebee for Christmas. Yeah. Like she might think you want the Bumblebee from the superhero girls line, and really you want the Transformer, or vice versa. But literally, that's like two people. But <laughs> DC could have easily then came up with a different code name. Yeah. Because if they had to, 
because that has happened before in many yeah. a book. I where... mean, she is totally Bumblebee, though. I, they could change her name to Buzz. Oh. Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> yeah, Disney's got yeah. a fucking strangle on that one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, but with the movie, uh, you're also completely right. Uh, it's going to uh, be... 100%. It's going to be in the vein of another crappy Transformers movie. However, this is supposed to be a period piece in the 80s. Yeah. And so it's going to be a prequel to the other movies, but also it's supposed to, since Bumblebee was always on Earth in the other Transformers movies... But I think that they want to do some time travel shenanigans to where they pretend those other movies didn't count so that this starts a whole new franchise. They need to do that. All right. So if we have to suffer through Herbie the Love Bug to get to there, sure. Because we don't need to have another last night. No, that's fair. Watching Fest again. That's fair. I am excited about Bumblebee being a VW bug because from my childhood, that's what he was. Well, I actually and, had one. I had a, had a, the only Transformer I ever owned was Bumblebee, and it was never tr- he was never the Transformer robot. He was always the Bumblebee bug because I was terrible at transforming him. Hmm. <laughs> also, he might have been like a Chinese knockoff. I don't think it turned out well. But. Wait, so you just kept them in car mode? Yeah. Why didn't you just get like a Hot Wheels car then? Like I was, it was purchased for me. I was a child. <laughs> You still have it because it's probably worth some money. Probably. It's probably somewhere in a box. I don't know. My brother probably stole it. Like, he did all the cool toys from our childhood. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was my last thing. Now booze in a book. Now booze in a book. Apologies. I just had to vent about the Bumblebee thing. Um, so, booze in a book this week. I read Ice Cream Man number six. I've reviewed a bunch of these Ice Cream Men books. They're very good. Um... Every time I read one, it blows my mind. I don't... I I can't even explain to you how good this book is. And everyone should read it. If you're a fan of uh, weird fucking shit, you should, <laughs> you should totally read this book. Basically, this, this particular book uh, is called Strange Neapolitan. And it starts with this guy buying an ice cream cone from the ice cream man, and he gets three scoops... And they're like the traditional Neapolitan strawberry vanilla chocolate. And from there, the it starts with traditional coloring. And from there, after he buys the ice cream and he starts eating it, it flips to everything is colored according to the ice cream and in layers. And you find out very quickly as you're reading it that you're reading three different stories. Strawberry, vanilla, and chocolate. And... Top is its own story, the middle is its own story, and the bottom is its own story. And it's very much like a sliding doors, butterfly effect sort of thing where one thing changes so the entire story changes. And they're they're all very different horrors. And the middle one is horrors. Horror horrors. And the middle except for the middle one, not a horror at all, because it's vanilla, right? And it told me totally took me until just right before we started this podcast to realize that's why this one was not as terrifying as the other ones because it was the vanilla one um the top one strawberry he falls in love he gets married he has a baby so he 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 drops his ice cream or he trips a girl or a girl trips him and they meet and they lock eyes and they fall in love and they go on dates and they have sex and they get married and they have a baby and then the baby dies. And then his wife goes into, like, utter depression. 
and becomes an alcoholic. Like it gets very dark very quickly. And and just kind of ends in that way. And it's 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 realistic horror basically. So it's scary, but it could happen. The middle one is your vanilla one where boy meets dog, boy falls in love with dog in a non-weird way and <laughs> and takes the dog in and it lives happily ever after. The one caveat to the story is he realizes this is somebody's pet, doesn't give it back to him, moves out into the fucking woods and lives a life happily ever after in the woods with this dog. A little weird. I'll give you that. He literally abandoned his life just so he could keep wow. this dog. It's a little fucked up. <laughs> but it ends well. He's just in the woods with his dog. Last one, very weird. Finds an egg or an egg hatches. Bird comes out takes it to a pet store, ends up getting kidnapped later, gets stabbed in the leg by a guy in a bird mask. Bird ends up catching out of this guy's chest. I have no fucking idea what was going on with this one. It was fucking weird. I don't know if it... I think I missed an issue. I don't know if it ties into a previous issue. I don't know if it's going to tie into anything going forward. Most of these don't. It was fucking weird. I didn't get it. But that just seems to be the way most of the stuff goes. Anyway... Good book. Fucking read it. It's awesome. I'm pairing this with the Neapolitan Milk Stout for obvious reasons from Soggy Talk Brewing Company. Uh, that's really all I have to say about that. <laughs> There's no coming down. Very high and then all right. stop. <laughs> well, that seems like a good pairing. Of course it is. I don't got nothing else. I don't either. We should end this podcast very much like I just ended that booze in a book. And just turn it off. And... <laughs> I love the outro music and everything. I was trying to think like if I could do like a TV clicking sound, like <laughs> no end music this time. What's going on? <laughs> Stay thirsty. Lay end. Fiend. <laughs>